Please turn with me this evening to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. Hebrews 11 and verse 3. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. My friends, we're looking uh, this evening at this uh, one verse uh, in Hebrews 11.3, and my subject is very simply a message from your Creator. A message for you from your Creator. It's a personal message. It's directed to everyone, but you, it's a personal message to you. Well, this verse, friends, it tells us very plainly that the Creator of all things, according to the Scriptures, is God. The one who has made this world that we live in, and it's so beautiful really in so many ways. We're talking about the physical world that we live in. It's amazing, isn't it? It's tremendous really in so many ways. The more you look into it, the more you marvel at it. There are so many things to cause you to be astounded uh, by this, this world. And the Bible says, this verse says, God made it all. The starry skies, you look up it into the starry skies, well, we can only see one sun here, uh, uh, we are, or rather, we only have one sun in our solar system. But in the Milky Way, they tell us there are approximately 100 billion stars. And then it, you take the whole universe, our universe, and they say there are uh, 200 billion trillion, if you can get that figure into your mind. Some of you are maths people here, maybe you're... Uh, you can appreciate a, a bit more. But that's astounding, isn't it? It's 200 billion trillion stars in this universe. Well, that's such an amazing thought. Then you look at the sea and the oceans and the rivers and all that's in it. Perhaps you've caught some of that program, Planet Earth 3. Well, amazing pictures, amazing things are, are seen, new d discoveries. And new animals, creatures you never heard of in the oceans and upon the land, doing things you've never seen them doing. Well, it's amazing. They say uh, already over 90%, 91% of the ocean species are yet to be identified. That's a, that's a huge number. And then we think of all the land animals and, and of course, all, uh, all of us, uh, the human, uh, human element to it. All of this, this verse is saying, are created by God, that all these things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. God created everything out of nothing. With a word, He created uh, everything. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He said, let there be a heavens, and there were the heavens, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. so. Let the earth be filled with all different kinds of creatures bringing forth after their kind. And it was so. With a word, he brought all these things that we see around us into existence. And then when you go back to Genesis 1, you see there it tells us he did it all in just six days. Six literal days. Six 24-hour days God created everything in the, that we see around us. That's what this verse is saying, friends. This is what the Bible teaches. Oh, is it fact? Or is it fiction? Is it true? Or is it untrue, what is being said here? 
Is this a truth to be believed? Or is this a fairy tale to be rejected? What do you say, friends? What's your mind on this? Does creation, does the, does the world that we live in, does the beautiful things that you see around us, does it prove to you the existence of God? But let's take a step back. Here you are, you're in the world, you're living, breathing, moving, thinking person. You have so much uh, that is going on in your mind. You're a, a, a reasoning person. You're a person who asks questions. You're a thoughtful person. You have many questions that you have on your mind. You're very curious about this world. You're thinking deeply about things. That's good. You're looking at the world around you and you're asking, well, what's it all for? What's it all for? What's this world here for? Why am I here? What's the purpose of my life in this, in this, in this world? What's the purpose of my existence? How did I get here in the first place? How did man get here? How did life, did it evolve? How did it happen? How did, where would the first life come from? Where did life begin? How did it all originate? How did this world, which is so amazing and so astounding, how did it all come into place? And you want to know the answers. Is there a God? You're thinking, is there a God? Or did it all come about by chance? Is it just happened like that? Just happened, everything uh, came together in a sudden way or uh, everything was just, in a sense, in a lucky way, came together. Or you have all these questions on your mind and many, many more beside. And you want answers. You want to know. You don't know the answers. It's beyond you. This is something that is beyond your, your, your own capability. Well, how can you know what is right? You want to know. You want to have the answers. Where will you go? Where will you go to find the answers? What is your starting point? Who will you turn to to find the answers to these life's most important questions? Or perhaps, perhaps, friends, your starting point will be science. Any turn today to science? Oh, science is great. Science is wonderful in so many ways. Perhaps you'll say to yourself, we're so advanced these days in science. Science and technology, that's the way forward. Oh, compared to where we were 100, 150 years ago, we've made such great advances. We've made such leaps and bounds. Wow, look at all that we have done and achieved. This is not the age of, we're, not, we're no longer in the age of the dark, the dark ages rather. This is the age of maths and science and of progress and of technology. No, we cannot keep up. Things are changing so fast. New advances are being made every single day. Now we can, we've gone, not only landed on the moon, we've gone beyond that. We've, 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 we've uh, now been able to develop great things. You know, they, they say this, uh, the most powerful uh, telescope, the most powerful space telescope around is the James Webb uh, telescope. And apparently, according to what they say, well, you can see 13.6 billion light years away. Well, that's very powerful. But, uh, that's what, that's what the, the claims are. Well, you have such a high opinion of science. 
You read, so you read up and you say, well, science is so advanced. Science, it comes across as, as fact to you. So you say, let me read up. Let me find out all about what science has to say about the origins of the earth, the origins of planet earth. Where did man come from? What does science say about that? And you, you read about the Big Bang. And you read, well, and you are told from what you pick up that you are, uh, everything just came from one cell. Everything from one cell developed into all the world uh, around you. That man evolved uh, from, an ape -like, from ape like creatures over millions of years. You're told all these things uh, in, your, in your reading and your research into what science says. Science, you, they tell you, is, can explain everything. There's a natural explanation for everything. In other words, you, there is no God. There is no creator. We've found the answers, science tells you. There is no God, and so you don't need to worry about life after death because there isn't any. You just need to do your best in this life. Make the best of your life. Have a good time while you're here. Don't worry about morality. Don't worry about really how you live. Just don't hurt and harm others. And as there's no life after death, there's no day of judgment. So you don't have to worry about that either. Well, that's what the conclusion of this natural way of ex explaining things is. Now, I've put it in a very, these arguments in a very simple way because I don't want to dwell uh, too much upon them. Uh, there's, I'm sure you're familiar with these things. But should you believe them, friends? Should you believe what uh, science is saying to you? Is it really fact? Well, there is much that should concern you uh, really about this, uh, scient th these kinds of scientific answers. The first thing to say really, and just a couple of things here, is that it's not real science. When people are telling you their ideas and their th theories about the origins of the earth and the origins of this world, and about where life came from, it's not real science that they're basing their answers on. It's pseudoscience. Pseudoscience. Real science is based on observation. You know this from your classrooms, your secondary school classrooms. It's based on experiment. It's based on a, a testing of hypotheses and a retesting and reobservations and reexaminations and round and round it goes until you can prove something. That's real science. That's what we truly believe in as well. But this pseudo kind of science says, well, we, we found this and we've discovered this and we think this is this and we think that is that and uh, we, we're going to put it all together and, and so we'll, we'll, uh, we think this is what happened. This is what happened at the beginning of the year. It's never been observed. It's never been seen. It's never been tried and experimented. It's all deduction. It's all, really, you could say, guesswork on the part of these pseudo-scientists. A, a number of years ago, I, uh, I was with a, on a school trip uh, with some, uh, taking some students to Tanzania. And uh, we visited an archaeological site there, uh, the Olduvai uh, Gorge. Maybe some of you have heard of it. And uh, it's there in northern Tanzania, just uh, I think it's west of the, or east of the Serengeti Safari Park. And uh, apparently there, there's lots of uh, fossils 
uh, which are found and people, uh, discoveries have been made uh, and uh, they say, well, this is, this is all showing to us a little bit more of uh, the early human evolution. And they had, I remember the, as you went into the, the actual site, you had an entrance, uh, uh, rather a placard there. And on the placard, it had a, a picture of what life was like uh, in, in, according to their findings. And then somebody had drawn the picture, but somebody had written underneath it, we think life was like this at that particular time. <laughs> those, those two words really nullify, isn't it, their findings. We think this is what life was like. We think this is what the place looked like at that particular time. They cannot say for sure. There's no certainty there. We think. And that's what's with these ideas about the origins of man, what science today is telling us. We think it's like this. The truth is scientists also don't know. They don't know because they've never observed it. They were not there at the beginning and so they can only uh, conjecture and surmise on the thing, these things. Well, should you trust these natural, uh, naturalistic arguments, friends, that tell you the conclusion is there is no God. Everything has a natural explanation. Can you trust man's opinion? Can you believe what he has found? Yes, he has found, he has uh, researched and he's come up with these findings, but can you trust it? Can you trust it? Man is fallible. Man is prone to error. He's prone to make uh, mistakes. He's biased. He's prejudicial in his judgments. Man is fatally flawed, friends. Man is a fallen creature. Man is limited in his understanding, severely limited in knowledge. Man, we could say, is ignorant of so many things. There's so many things he doesn't know. So many. He hasn't figured out why we blush or why you blush. He hasn't figured out why people get hiccups or how to stop them. He hasn't figured out how tornadoes starts or how they stop, how they peter out. He hasn't, he hasn't figured out why some birds migrate to another country and other birds just remain where they are. These are lesser things. These are smaller things. He hasn't figured these things out. He's ignorant of these things. He hasn't found the answers for these things. And yet he presumes to tell you he knows how life began. And he presumes to tell you and adamantly can tell you that there is no God, there is no creator, there is no evidence for him, there is no day of judgment, there is no life after death. Can you trust what he says? Knowing his true status and what he is like? Well, friends, perhaps you, in your quest for the truth, you may have a different starting point. And this is the natural world itself. Perhaps you don't go to science or perhaps you don't agree with science, perhaps you go to the natural world and you do your own observation and you see, oh, there is great order in this world. And you see the order that's there. Without it, 
well, this world just wouldn't exist. This world uh, wouldn't survive. You see the great complexities that are in, in, in creation. You see the great complexities in life and living organisms. You hear about the mechanisms that are in one single cell, and you're amazed at, by it. And the complexities of our biological makeup, the human eye, you read about it, and it's amazing, cannot be reproduced by science. And you marvel at all these things. And when you see all these things and you put them all together, well, you say to yourself, there must be a designer. There must be an engineer, as it were, behind it when you see all these things. It couldn't have come by chance. It couldn't just be by luck. This way, friends, well, it's a good way, it's a sensible way to think about the world. And it may bring you to a belief in God, but perhaps, perhaps it may bring you to a belief in a God that is somewhat distant, that is somewhat far, far away, perhaps impersonal. You've come to the belief in the existence, but you don't know him. You don't know him. Uh, some doubt may also remain with you. Are my deductions correct? Have I come to the right conclusion? That doubt may linger in your mind. Well, let me tell you uh, of another way, a better way, and a better starting point, and it's here for us in uh, verse 3. By faith, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. This is a more reliable way, friends, from where we can get our answers uh, to life's uh, questions. And the, that starting point is God himself. Start here with God uh, himself. Uh, I give to you a very old illustration. I'm sure maybe you've heard it before. Uh, but it said there was a man and he was examining uh, a watch. And he was looking at the watch very closely to figure out how it worked. Look at the mechanics of the watch. And he's, in, he's going, uh, observing the different parts and how they're all fitting together and working together. And it's, it's something new to him. So he's, he's looking very uh, cl uh, closely uh, at these things. And uh, he's asking all the questions. And how did these things uh, come together? And he's forming conjectures. And there are so many different parts which are interlocking, in, interlinking and working so very well. And he says to himself, surely it's not by chance that these things have come together. There must be a maker behind them. There must be somebody who has made uh, these things. So he's, he specu speculates in that way. Suppose, suppose as this man is thinking about this watch, along in comes before him uh, the actual maker of the watch. And he begins to, to tell him even more detail. He begins to explain how things work and how, what, uh, why it works in that particular way. Well, that would make so much more, uh, uh, would be uh, impart to this man a better understanding of that particular watch, to have the actual maker uh, before him and explaining it uh, to him one-to-one -one in this personal way. And that's what this verse is really telling us. That friends, God comes to us and God tells us that he made all things. God comes to us, how does he come to us? 
Well, when we're born, we are born with a sense that there is a God. We have this sense within us that there is somebody greater and higher than ourselves. And when we think of that, and then we look at the creation world, created world around us, then we see, oh, they, that's confirmation to us of what we are sensing in ourselves. It's a confirmation to us that there is really and truly a supreme being. being. God comes to us also, we could say, in our conscience. We have this sense within us of what's right and what's wrong. Uh, a realization, a moral realization that some things are good and some things are, ba are bad. It's deeply embedded in, uh, in us, this, this moral quality, which animals uh, uh, don't have. A realization also that there is a righteous judge. It's implanted in each and every one of us. It's a gift from God. And we, work, we can work from that realization outward to say, well, uh, truly this world must be uh, uh, the work of his hands. So that's a good starting point to go from here to nature. But above all, friends, we have God's word. We have God coming to us in His Word, speaking to us through His Word. It's a revelation, this Bible. It's a word from another world. It's a word from God Himself to us. The Bible is God's revelation of man, showing to us things that we don't know, showing to us things that we couldn't understand. We were, it's true, we were not there at the beginning, but God was. And God put all these things into place and he comes alongside and uh, he, he speaks to us and he says, I made all these things. That's what this verse is telling us. God says all these created things, through his word he's saying, all these created things, I made them. I made it as you see it. I made them to operate and to function as they're doing, uh, as you see it. I made it for you, for your pleasure, for you to uh, live in, for you to appreciate, for you to live by. I made it with a word out of nothing. I commanded, this, uh, I, I commanded things to come into place, and so it happened. Uh, you know, with a word, uh, the, uh, the, the things, this world came into place. This week, there was a lot of excitement, wasn't there? I don't know if you caught it about flying cars. And uh, uh, people were so excited because they managed to get some cars into the air. And uh, well, they were very, very happy about this development. And apparently there's a, a large number of people already queuing up, paying up uh, to have one of these. Well, that, the thought of that designer behind the flying car, it didn't begin yesterday. It began probably years and years ago. When the, the thought first came into a person's mind, this is a good idea, this is something that we could aim for, a flying car. Well, uh, it, would, it would have taken a lot of thought, a lot of planning, a lot of money definitely, a lot of uh, people to get, gather around to bring it uh, into being. Failures, would, they would have, we would experience setbacks, ups and downs. It would have taken years and years of trial and testing and development to get that final product as it was. But with God, 
It's in his mind. He speaks it, and it happens immediately. That's how God created this world. That is the God of the Bible, friends. And with a word, he brought everything into existence. Well, can you trust the Bible? That's the question, isn't it? Can you trust this message from God who says, I created all things? Absolutely, you can trust it. Because he, the author of it, is trustworthy. It's impossible for him to lie. It's not in his nature. It's against his nature to deceive and to lure people down the wrong path. There's no biasness in God. He is pure. He is holy. He is kind. He is perfect in all his things. He knows all things. There is no ignorance in God. He has the knowledge of all things. He is all wise. He has infinite knowledge, friends. There are no limitations with God like with us. He is the Almighty, a God who sees and knows. He hears all things. There's no flaws uh, in Him. There's no biases uh, in this God. No hidden agenda in the Lord. So you can trust what He says. You can depend on what He says. So verse 3, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. That word through faith, friends, is saying, by faith in God, by a confidence that I have in God, because I know him as this true God, the God who cannot lie, by the knowledge of him and by confidence in him, because I know his character, so I can trust his word, he, uh, we can say truly that the words, the worlds were framed by the word of God. If he says it, that's how it happened, then I will believe it because he has said it. Our friends, this is what God tells us. This is the message from our creator. But he also tells us this, alongside this, he tells us other things. This, uh, he, he comes alongside and he also speaks to us about our condition, about our lost state, that we are separated from him, that it is our sins that have separated us from our maker and from our God. And he speaks to us and he tells us these things to make us aware of our lost condition, to make us aware that our lives are in danger unless we are reconciled uh, to him. He tells us though also there is a Savior whom he has sent to be the Savior of sinners, one who has died to take away the sins. And if only we will come to him and trust in his name, he will forgive us and pardon us all our sins. He draws close to us and speaks as a friend to us, earnestly, tenderly, affectionately, he, he speaks to us. He, we could say he pleads with you to be reconciled uh, to him. He pleads with you to turn from your sins and uh, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, to have faith in his Son and in him alone. This is the, another message God speaks to us. This is what he wants us to hear. He calls you into a personal relationship with him. He calls you to give up your rebellion, to give up fighting against him, to give up a life 
only for yourself to return uh, to the Lord and to return to him by the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the message, uh, friends, alongside all this message about the world that we live in. The answers are in his word. You can trust everything that he says about this created world. You can trust what he says about salvation and about forgiveness and about the world that is to come. He tells you there is a world that is to come. But there are two parts to it. There's a heaven and there's a hell. And you want to avoid hell and you want to go to heaven. And then you must have the Savior in your heart before you leave this world. Come, friends, to him. Will you hear? Will you respond to his message, to his call? Come to him tonight. Trust in Christ. Repent of your sins. Tell him, Lord, save me. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, our God, we are thankful again to you that you speak to us. And we pray that, oh Lord, you would come and impress the truth of your words upon our hearts and grant that we may receive them as from you. Oh, grant, Lord, that we may see you, the one who has spoken these things, the God of truth, the God who is righteous and kind in all his ways. Lord, help us to come even to the Saviour and to find that life that you have promised to all who will come. Bless us, we pray. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Let's uh, close by singing our final hymn, which is number 399. Jesus, the sinner's friend to thee, 399.